0: Welcome back to Lawfully Chaotic. Uh, we have a very special guest tonight. We have with us Matthew Mercer from Critical. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, Matt. Yeah, that's
0: next week. Brian <laughs> 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 Gomez, the bearded nerd, <laughs> joining us tonight.
2: Uh, Cheers, everyone! Thank you
0: for joining us, Brian. Good to have you on. Um, Thanks for having to me. Season two, episode three. Oh no, this is episode four. I screwed up the overlay gonna <laughs> be, be a little easter egg in the uh Hello Uncle Pappy, you do win for being here first uh you win a uh, rpg and company t-shirt <laughs> pre-worn but washed and clean um
3: pre-worn but washed yeah, yeah, it'll be a little clean. easter
0: egg uh episode four is labeled as episode three it'll be like the uh greetings shunjin thank you for joining us um anyway um thank you for joining us tonight or watching after the fact Uh, We're going to be talking about world building tonight and content creation with Brian, um, especially as it pertains to designing within the D&D space or the more agnostic, system agnostic space, given um, what's been going on lately with uh, our friends at uh, Wizards of the Coast.
1: What
2: has been going Um, on? I don't know. What are you talking about? Nothing.
0: (laughs) Nothing. Just a lot of free giveaways and, and you know, love. Of course. Um, um, before we start, uh, Jason, do you... I'm going to switch overlays because we're covering your... Feet. What? I can't see what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> there we go. Boom. Okay. Uh, Jason, um, storyteller at TTRPG Academy. What uh, What do you got to share with us? You got any um, you?
3: Well, I am finally bringing my home world to Tuesday nights. Uh, that will be kicking off Zero Session... Tuesday night, 7 o'clock uh, uh, p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Or as Jillian says in, fa- in Family Guy, specific time. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and other than that, it's just uh, we have uh, over at TTRPG Academy, we have Pike's Promise uh, on Monday nights. We're going to have um, our new custom home world on Tuesday nights. We have uh, The Undermountain, uh, The Grain Lands, we have Debtor's Gambit, uh, and we have uh, Fool's Errand all over the weekend. So it's, it's, it's a busy schedule, for sure. So how many clones of you are there now? Uh, none, because I am half of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Sharon. you
0: got what announcements you have for us?
4: Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of Lawfully Chaotic. I uh, I haven't really, I don't really have anything to report other than I am on uh, Saturdays on the Graying Lands campaign. Things are really starting to heat up, so come check us out.
0: Awesome, Brian! Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, awesome having you on the show again. Um, you got anything you want to share? Any announcements
2: on what's going on in your world? Man, so there's a lot. We um, Discord is, we're building up our Discord server um, to actually be more kind of just community focused where a lot of folks, especially post-OGL fiasco, um, were curious about learning other TTRPGs. And it's really funny because we've talked about this. Um, there are so many other RPGs or TTRPGs out there. And it's really sad that, only one has gotten the spotlight. Now, mind you, this is coming from the guy who played D&D all his life and loves D&D. But I also, you know, on the topic of being a world builder, I feel that I've become a better game master, dungeon master, and world builder when I play other TTRPGs. So we're playing a lot of different stuff on um, on our Discord. We actually have a live, basically 24-7 text-based RP channel where we go in and oh, we wow. role play with each other and we have fun, um, all set in my homebrew world. Um, and then a couple of things are coming down the pipeline. We're, we, we have some cool, uh, little digital books that are coming out soon, uh, this year and it's going to be fun. It's going to be things you can plug and play into your world. So yeah, I'm just producing more, doing a lot awesome. more of that. Awesome. Very awesome. Very
0: cool. Very cool. Um, that RP in Discord is is really kind of a neat idea. What do you got going um, on, Brian? As for me, okay, so I know I've been threatening. Uh, <laughs> I've been threatening. I can't even it to myself correctly. <laughs> um, I know I've been threatening for a while now to start up a streamed campaign. And uh, I think it is finally time. Uh both Jason and Sharon will be joining me, um, and a couple others that I would like to reach out to. Um, and we are going to do uh, every probably every third week, we will replace tonight's show with a streamed game. Um, probably oh, same time, 8 o'clock, but for three hours. Yes, I know we will, we will be competing with Critical Role. But I'm sure they will get over their loss of, of <laughs> like um, eight people. Audience, yeah. yeah. So I'm not too worried about them. You know. So.
3: I'm just excited um, that you know, um, Brian. I've been playing since I was nine years old. So I am. I'm going on 42 years of playing this game. Mm-hmm. I've only ever played in a campaign four times.
2: Wow. Oh yeah. As a You're player, I just. Forever. G, uh, GM, huh? Yeah, yeah just forever.
0: I'm, I'm excited to have you play because of that, just to see how I you
3: don't play. know, Brian. You keep using that rule incorrectly. I don't know why you do yeah. that. That's just, I don't care how cool you think you are. <laughs> so, anyway,
0: um, so <laughs> I am going to uh, start getting everybody together. I got to recruit a couple more players. Um, but, uh, that will be happening sooner than later. I can assure nice. you. So other Sweet. than that, um, Sharon, what do we got? Uh, rules lawyer. <laughs> Rule
3: lawyer inbound.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's Paul, Jeff.
3: Um, <laughs> not gonna, um uh, <laughs> Chatbot, What should I do? Brian is making me roll dice. I don't know what they do. Actually, Kyle, you were one of the other players I'm, I was going to hit up
0: to play, ass. So, um, anyway, um, and, and I'm not joking about that, but we'll talk about that. So, anyway, Sharon, what, what, what are we talking about tonight?
4: Hey, everybody. Our uh, special guest tonight is the Bearded Nerd. We're going to be talking about all things fun and cool on his side of the table. Uh, so, Brian, what exactly do you do? And... Uh, where can we? Where are you from?
2: Ooh, We're saying Crisis now? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, where am I? Where am I from? No. No. Um. So, I. So my name is Brian. I, born and raised in South Florida or in the Miami area, and. Um grew up there for about 10, 12 years or so until I moved to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And during that time, I've always been a huge purveyor of fantasy. My dad and my mom were really supportive of just me reading and kind of just diving deep into books that I would enjoy. So I remember picking up my first comic book and a write aid just because at where I grew up, there weren't really comic book shops or game stores. It was very you Yep, it's because again, I grew up in a place called Hialeah, Florida. So for those who don't know, that's a very, my parents being Cuban and and being refugees, um, they essentially, we grew up in a very Cuban heavy location. So game stores weren't a thing. Comic book shops weren't really a thing from a cultural perspective. Um, Not that it wasn't supported, but it just wasn't a thing. i really saw that like my my dad i remember him you him he used to read the hobbit to us in the lord of the rings later on as kids that's awesome that's That's, so
3: awesome that's cool it
2: it was it was legit i mean i don't know if i can say this right now but my dad used to um back in the 70s as he says he used to read lord of the rings and the hobbit uh in being influenced let's just say um and he took that he took that he He was just like um, he he tried that um, that shire tobacco if you know what I'm talking about (laughs) Um, but anyway hey mom hey dad I don't mean (laughs) But you know I was just really enveloped by fantasy and I love storytelling and I love building worlds. And I love, you know, taking my action figures or my little G.I. Joes or whatever I had and creating battlefields and creating worlds behind it to explain why there's a battle here. Um, so there was that. And then when I moved to Charlotte, um, I found some really awesome friends, uh, the Tomlinson brothers. Uh, shout out to you guys because we used to play Dark Tower together. We used to oh, play... Dark Tower. Oh, it was, uh, we used to play everything imaginable. Then we played uh oh, what's going on punk rock jenny um thank you we, for joining us yeah um i was gonna say uh, we actually talked about in our episode of the podcast too where we just i was just enveloped by fantasy at a young age and then being into metal music and playing drums and playing metal like it was very normal to just be like oh hey when are we gonna go play D D? and oh let's not tell people because we just want to keep that to ourselves and you know at the time ironically the people who would try to bully us they were they were met with opposition like we were the nerds that were like okay i guess we're starting something today it's one <laughs> of the like <laughs> i think my mom and dad got more upset that i was finding myself in those situations versus the material itself mm. um But my dad also raised me, like, defend yourself. I don't care. And, again, being Cuban, like, we play baseball or we box. That's all we do. Like, (laughs) so culturally, my dad was like, all right, box. So I got into a lot of, like, Scuffles, (laughs) (laughs) Scuffles, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> um, battles,
4: encounters, and ups You know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like it was like okay, roll initiative IRL. And, yeah. And, and did the, you did you actually
0: throw dice at your at your at yeah. these kids?
2: <laughs> no, I wish I should have used those those d fours as like a cow
4: Really rolling to to attack. <laughs> yeah, like, lightning lightning bolt,
0: lightning bolt, lightning bolt, or like the 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 cloth wrapped <laughs> resin dipped, and then you dip them in d fours like yeah. on. Uh, What was that, uh, Bloodsport or something?
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, and and the thing is, like, the worst part about it is, like, all the metalheads were also jocks of some sort because we played sports and we just loved music. So it was like (laughs) – yeah, it was. It, it really is the underground fighting pits. Um, My
0: Wednesday night group's favorite thing. What do you, guys, what do you, guys, you have one night in the, in this town. What do you do? We look for a fight pit.
2: Hey, you know what? There's one somewhere, and probably run by some organization. But no, I mean, I I, I literally just was enveloped in fantasy. I loved The Lord of the Rings. I loved, you know, Dragonlance. I, I love the story, Um, the stories that they would tell. And I have to attribute a major portion of it, too, to my brother. Um, being my older brother, he was just always, like, not only was he looking out and it was kind of, like, very protective, but he also got into it. So, like, um, we would, po- so, like, I remember we would play, like, we'd have, like, jam sessions where we were playing, like, Corn and then Black Sabbath. And then all of us are playing d d with the Tomlinson brothers. So, we would play for, like, 12 hours. And that was just... and yeah and my parents would say like you guys are reading playing wow. together having fun why not and plus like they were very religious and they still are and i remember they used to like our pastor of, the, of our church our parish he was very encouraging of it um he was an old school this uh old school guy from boston from quincy mass and he would just say you know what if these kids are having fun why not? What am I to like? This is an awesome thing, and it's getting people together. And he actually, I remember he used to tell the, uh, um, I guess, I don't want to say in that meanable way, but he would tell the the individuals within the church that were against it. And he would just line out, like, why it's so positive. Same thing with, like, why is Harry Potter, all this, everything. He would just, heck yeah. He would just go at it. And again, this guy, the and, and church, and, church and, sanctioned satanic panic. <laughs> well and that's the thing about and, and actually funny that you brought bring that up he actually pulled up in like back when the internet was still like you had to have like connections to your ethernet and whatnot he brought up the department of justice's definition of what the satanic panic was according yeah. to the department of justice and he was like all these kids are not doing what the department of justice says so get out of here like he was really good about that um wow. great that's, man I, very interesting I, and see and that's where like i was blessed and very fortunate to have a positive experience about <laughs> what's going about like the satanic panic like a lot of um yes it is way better <laughs> <laughs> You'll keep your teeth longer <laughs> i mean I mean if I kept fighting probably not, but, <laughs> but no, I, I I did take a break when my cause my grandma was a huge supporter and she was a huge influence on in my life. So when she passed away, I took a break because I was just like mm-hmm. just going through it emotionally. When you know, and kind of lived a little bit in um in the outside world. And around 3.5 I came back around that time. Um and then Pathfinder came out and I was like, hmm, I like this. And fourth edition, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> we this is we past- don't
3: talk about fourth edition.
2: We don't talk <laughs> about fourth edition. Oh, no. Okay. All right. I, I, I watch all these Disney sh- uh, movies now because my daughter and she loves it. So now I sing them. Um, but then I started playing fifth edition and fifth edition was awesome. I remember all the Unearthed Arcana stuff in 2014 and was like, this is legit. The Grave Domain? Whoa! And I was playing Curse of Strahd. And I was just was <laughs> like, this is perfect for Curse of Strahd. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've been playing, you know, long about way. I've been playing for a very long time. I've been building that world ever since I was, because I was the forever DM, so I would always run mm-hmm. the games. And I would, pl- you know, we would play in them. And really this... Campaign that we are currently in has been going on for seven years now players coming wow. in and out and and actually hence the the, the Text-based RP is open to the public um, And the, the major decision behind that was d Tabletop games, but storytelling games are for the public. Mm-hmm. They are not supposed yes, to they be should. Behind. They they're they're not supposed to be behind a paywall so with that logic Anyone can RP in the world. You create a character, follow the guidelines of the Discord server because we don't want creeps, um, and just play and have fun and be respectful. And that's what so I is do. That, is that part of your table game? Yep. So it's the same campaign? Same campaign. I've had three, four groups coming in and out. I have one in-person group. I have people online that play. I have We have people that are in the playtest also, so we're play testing new subclasses new classes races we're play testing a lot of different things right now within our discord but that's also part of the world because wow. um, if they want to play if they want to just participate they're more than welcome to but in addition to that we actually have a monthly battle royale that we're starting which is also going to be in the home in the what? world so if you <laughs> like this is but this is like this is my meth
4: I, was, I, was, I mean you're I was, hitting it hard,
1: Brian. Also,
2: I had that idea also of like basically like
0: a pipe hit, player PVP. Did we mm-hmm. talk about that? We may have to reddress, readdress that topic. We should because this is the thing. I actually and, bought a URL to, to brand that. I don't I, I don't want to share it because I haven't <laughs>
1: it. Uh, you and I <laughs> can talk about share. that
2: offline seriously. <laughs> no, I'm See, and this is the thing like I in in my game I pretty much have the rule of cool mixed with like the rule of consent and a great dungeon master friend of mine ray aka got dm on instagram he fought you know he i remember him explaining it way better than i could because i would always say okay guys like let's not be jerks but if you want to do pvp you guys have to agree to it but he came out with he he said it way better than i could you know facilitate and essentially what he said was it's not fun if the other person's constantly stealing from the other player, from the other character. Yeah. So everything has to be consent based and everything has to be that. OK, Every everyone's cool with this. Go ahead and do it.
0: Are you talking about just allowing PvP in your campaign or are you talking about a like a, a separate uh, sandbox where you could just fight and it has no consequence on your characters or his so belongings.
2: There's, so there's both in my in my game. I kind of took it to like I don't know what um, when I was mentioning Ray. I I I've been playing his world for like four or five years now. But what I basically do in my world, we have PvP that's in game. Like you can essentially fight this person. Like let's because. I don't have a strict BBEG at the moment. That BBEG has not been revealed just yet. Um, secret, 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 Yes. Um, Do tell. <laughs> now, basically, um, he is being awakened by a cult and the party has not figured it out yet. Uh, uh-huh. One of the parties. So one party has, the other party has not. And... I say that because each party can basically be the BBG for one another. The reason I say that in my world, everything's subjective for the most part. Most everything's subjective. So the knight who who fights, you know, oath of the crown, who fights for the king because the king provides for the country and also the poor town this knight is from. Mm -hmm. If another party goes in and let's just say deposes of said king well now the flow of the, the flow of support uh food anything of that nature is gone and now that town gets raided by some group that knight's family so let's say they're a paladin is wiped out oath of revenge is you know that oath switches to mm-hmm. crown to revenge mm-hmm. and now that party that caused that essentially is their BBEG. So I like using that perspective and that's story. That's
0: cool. Did you? Any of you guys ever play World of Warcraft? Yes. Do you remember? Do you remember underpants? <laughs> yeah. Who you remember underpants?
2: Yeah.
0: So there was <laughs> what <laughs> and hated PVP in World of Warcraft because I always get
2: my ass handed to me. Oh, that's um, why I never did PVP. And
0: there was a world famous guy. Who his name was Underpants, and he would run around in nothing but underpants. But he was super high powered, and he would just run around all the servers, ganking the shit out of people. And it's and and so the, fucking
2: the, annoying. To the point where that's why South Park made fun of it. They made
0: fun. Of <laughs> yeah, it.
4: yeah.
2: Really? This yeah. Player
0: was that's all he did is go around. Ganking people and, and then doing their, the underpants dance on their on their corpse. It was just make
2: just watch the episode "Make Love, Not Warcraft," and you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I
0: want to be that guy for D anD. d Yes, <laughs>
2: and that's the thing, though. Like I, <clears throat> for me, that's part of world building. Mm-hmm. What do you world building is laying the foundation for your players to play in. There needs to be. You need to ask the question, why? Why is it this? Why is the world like this? And I think that's really important. Why, Why do I have my players kind of go at each other or have this kind of subjective interpretation of the world? Well, because our world is like that. There is objective truth, but the way we look at that objective truth can be subjective. So I like to implement that in my world. And I think it's essential almost.
0: So let's talk about Sharon. You had some notes um, that you wanted to, to go over. Uh, let's talk specifically about how you how we approach world building. What did you What did you have written down, Sharon? I don't have them in front of me.
4: Well, I'm actually curious. What inspired you to create this campaign, this ever fluid, ever evolving campaign that you've had for the past seven years, and now are building onto that by doing PvP uh, combat
2: because no one provided it modules never provided me the set i feel like galactus where he was never satisfied i hunger i hunger (laughs) like nothing can satiate me that's how i felt modules never satiated like and they never brought that satisfaction it was like you know going to it's like going to a fast food restaurant and gorging on food and you feel full for the moment but then you feel you don't really feel satisfied on like having like, you know, name it like a steak or something. You don't yeah. at least for me, like having a steak with, an, you know, whatever sides and a glass of like red wine like that. That for me is like the most satiating and fulfilling thing ever. And then my uh, obviously a cigar afterward, because that's me. But <laughs> you know, that, that's that's what fulfills me. That's what brings me joy. Same thing with d d all the modules out there, although well written, right? Mm-hmm. Curse of Strahd is probably one of the best written modules for d d in my opinion. I love the goth horror aspect. Now, that it's not extremely goth horror, but for d d it's goth horror, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's great, like Call of Cthulhu has, and Brian, Ooh, we talked about this. Yes. Call of Cthulhu is amazing when it comes to the lore. Dude was an asshole, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is so i think that for me i just was never satisfied with what was written so i said you know what i'm gonna i'm just gonna do it myself and, and being inspired by the lord of the rings and Dragonlance, and hell being inspired by he-man and thundercats and all the quintessential like sci-fi and fantasy and and star wars i, I mean that's 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 science fantasy some of the best epic and dune another great oh movie. yeah just inspired by amazing storytellers, made me want to be one.
0: So, in in regard to you know all the stuff with uh, the OGL and 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 whatnot, um, I know that when I create content, it is it's very within the D space. Sure. Um, and for me, you know, I'll admit it's going to be it, it. It's going to be somewhat of a um, task for me to uh oh yeah Tumahars is a classic
1: yes Um, but it's
0: going to be somewhat of a task for me to try to um uh, de-standardize if you will my content to be more system agnostic jason i know you're probably on the other end of the spectrum everything you create can be used in any capacity
3: yeah i don't I don't really include much mechanics or uh, reference to any of the D&D material. It's usually almost always uh, incredibly agnostic to be used in any genre, theme, or perspective. It's also written to be very much a cheat sheet. um, Mm -hmm. So that if you're in a hurry and you're running a sci-fi or you're running a medieval or a high magic or low magic game, and you just need a city to pull off the shelf. you. And you pull off the NPCs don't have attributes they have backgrounds and personalities that's you right. know they have unique
2: characteristics things yeah
3: keep it as vanilla as i can is my right.
1: preference
0: when so I you're act. at one end of the, of the spectrum and i'm at the other currently
2: um so brian where do you fall in I'm that how much of your that's what i figure that's what i'm in going. i'm in the middle but leaning towards the ttrpg academy side because as of lately what brings me joy in sharing my content now this is where like i don't see myself as a content creator i see myself as someone who's just sharing my knowledge and sharing the things that i already use so for example i come out with tables i write tables they basically um are for the for the dungeon master game master to plug and play into their world right there's cities the, this month's theme was ocean-themed. Um, so there's coastal cities that you can use. You can drop that in any TTRPG. D&D, Pathfinder, Numenera. You can drop it in anything. And my goal with that was to say... let I want to save the Game Master time. Because D&D 5th Edition... Specifically... Um, their, with their rule sets it's harder to prep. You have to take a little bit more time to prep things like, you know, whether it's a, whether you're following like, you know, the three, two, one rule or whatever have you, whatever you're doing, you have to prep a lot more. So in my case, I like to, I like for something to be just plug and play so that basically I can use it for whatever. And I I know Jason, we were talking about this a while ago because I'm in the tech space right? right, and code i want to be able to use code and and have you know a dev mimic it so yeah. that they can you know that that way we can test it make sure everything is works but also we can save time because the the more time that we get to spend on other things the better so same thing yeah. with my d d prep and and really just my dm prep and the content that i share is to provide that solution I, knew,
0: I was just waiting for somebody to say that of course <laughs> yep, yeah thanks
2: yeah no it's funny because uh which i deal with that at my day job which i i won't go into too much detail uh because i'm kind of going i am in the more security side of things so chat GBT is a fun thing but but hey you know what i'm gonna use it for the rest of this episode hang on yeah <laughs> you know no and that's the thing like so shunjin like totally use it for python and apex i know you can do a lot of cool things with it but dungeon masters are using that game masters are using it all that is is just a tool in your dm tool belt yeah like yeah the the, the whole ai dms and gms that they're coming out with is gonna most likely tank from a culture perspective here because we want an in person like Mm -hmm. how What's going to happen when you ask the AI GM, hey, can I yeet this gnome into the wizard's tower? Like one of my players asked me. You you yeet gnome
3: into the wizard's tower. You deal 2d4 damage. The gnome is angry and bites your ankle. (laughs) That's (laughs)
4: what's going to (laughs) happen. And no, he's angry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're using your Siri voice. That's awesome.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, Sharon. Oh, I, I, I
3: really. Drop X. Drop
0: X. Well, and
3: contextually, <laughs> what it reminds me of is when the very first uh, like, adventure based games came out on computers. Zork. And I said drop X. You well, know, Lord, it's Lord, like yeah. everybody thought for sure that that was going to change the world of. And it didn't you know it, it created a little speed bump you know and people experimented with different ways to yes <laughs> from our from one of our games um everybody took some time to experience what these adventure word games were mm-hmm. but we came right back to the table we came right back to pizza jolt cola and rolling dice and playing games
2: for how we still 14 hours we still know. do that i mean listen. well
3: diet soda cauliflower pizza and you know <laughs> Our bottle of uh, garrafael supplement, yeah, and yeah.
4: oh,
3: no, no. <laughs> He Like three nachos.
4: Tuttle changes, and a we giant
2: a bowl of weed. <laughs> we, we've leveled up our, our our snacks, right? I mean, as a as a kid, maybe pizza stuff like that. Now, like now, we're eating. Oh, I got it. Is this gluten-free? Yes, it's gluten-free. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, maybe things have increased, but we're still back at the table.
3: Yeah. It, yeah. It's
2: just like playing online is fantastic, but there's going to be room for both, no matter what your preference is. I
3: agree. I mean, and to a certain degree, the the Dungeon Master AI seems strange to me because they already have DDO. So, it's like you have DDO and this amazing community that plays a pretty fun MMO from their perspective. And that's how they like to have their experience. Then you have the online remote community playing. And then you have the live at a table playing. There's so much more variety that already exists. It's just, it seems a good straight path. Did you pop that up? So that's a good point. You know,
0: I, I have a real problem with the, with the AI shit. Okay. As a creator, Um, it's going to take me a while. And it's not just me being old, maybe. What? Right. Um, but right. I just think you know, that I think no.
1: what say I, Kevin I it is
0: it can be, say it Kevin? Can, what thing? is it? What with the AI in the jet?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait till you infants are done.
1: <laughs> no, I I think it
0: can it can be in a, a tremendous crutch. Um but I think torch makes a good point. It is a tool just mm-hmm. like a digital drawing slate or procreate and an ipad as a tool for an artist um uh and and the like i think it can definitely it definitely has its purpose but mm-hmm. i do think that there is a limit and i think they're run by a an ai is fucking ridiculous I... and that's what what's his face wants to turn dnd into so without getting on a soapbox yeah. i i would just say that it is a tool, but I, I think it can be abused.
3: I actually use it for a very specific purpose. I don't like to sit down and randomly bang out thoughts in my head. What I like to be able to do is use the chatbot to organize my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Have yeah. it spill my thoughts back out in an organized fashion. Yeah. And then I can take the pieces that then inspire me to write the stuff I couldn't get to because I'm not that kind of writer. There are some writers who can sit down with a tablet and a pencil Mm -hmm. and write furiously for an hour and just have a ton of information available for their brain. I can't do that. I know it's up there. I I just got to get to it. Yeah. Like yeah, it hard. sounds
4: more like a patch fix than something to actually rely on. Because I don't think a campaign would that be fun- would be that functional if you relied heavily on the AI. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do
0: you, right I here. mean, do you think we would get any of the depth of play that we yeah. see on Critical Role or even sharing with Well, your mirror, I mean, you gotta I mean, get to the
3: Hollow Deck somehow. A good starting point. We'll true. get there. Okay, In the two hundred years. When, no. I'll tell you what. I will be ready for an AIDM.
0: When the hello AI, Mercer. I will be, yeah. I'll be ready for an AIDM when the AI can actually turn on my living room lights without me having to tell it four fucking times
2: what I want it to do. Ma- Matt Mercer is like watching this in his living room like, they're going to put me in the... <laughs> Click. <laughs> no! Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about it (laughs) it uploaded as we speak yeah we'll talk about it with matt when he's on the show next week um no but 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 the thing is you're right though like you this is simply a tool to be used by you know the gms out there like for me i've used i i have tested jack Chat GPT. <laughs> i I've asked. Um, yeah, you did. Oh, miss- oh well, uh, you
1: know, you yeah, but the Beat of
3: Nerd's going to get a chance for the next topic once Barry's ready for it. But oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Oof. Ooh, what's going on? I don't know. What's the next topic? <laughs> well, the first rant.
4: <laughs> so with the uproar that's going on with Watsi and the OGL, what alternate uh, TTRPGs would you recommend to GMs and experienced players? OGL.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. Total flip indestructible boy. <laughs> 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 yeah.
4: <laughs> and furthermore fucking watch he <laughs> here's the rant we've been waiting for it
2: just, it just like goes into like that that screen technical difficulties you know I feel like I feel like I need to get like an overlay for like
0: coming rant
4: <laughs> or, or like from Kill Bill that like siren that they make <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly yes um no that'd be be
0: great that'll be my legacy the screaming idiot from the internet
2: i mean honestly i just um actually uh torch that is a very good point it isn't technically ai it is just really streamlined anyway sorry the techie in me came out um (laughs) i'd say pathfinder is a really good second um to fifth edition because if you know fifth edition you know about 70 80 percent of pathfinder. pathfinder yeah there are more complexities to it the adventuring system is a little bit more complex the rules are more like a flow chart so if your player does this there's probably a rule for it there's more, for example crafting magic items there are rules for crafting in the core rule books there um we actually did a count um there are 644 Pages in the core rulebook for Pathfinder, and that's the same number count as the DMG, the PHB, and the Monster Manual for D anD. d So it's literally the <laughs>
0: what?
3: Same- yeah,
2: mm-hmm. the exact
0: same count.
2: <laughs> yep. Wow,
3: it's, that's it's, it's it's actually one of the reasons why Pathfinder I couldn't get my teeth into it. Um, I'm a I'm a my IT background has me in a very digital headspace. Yeah, um, I like the 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 flow and ease of use of digital product and the way I can manipulate it to organize my thoughts and organize my gameplay and get into a headspace. That now you also, you also hate rules. That's now, but, true. Well, but, I'm, I'm I'm very eager for Critical Roles narrative style to come out because that's pretty much what I play now is a narrative style.
2: So, so they so Pat Paizo actually released they have their own version of D&D Beyond which is going to be. Act, they're like releasing a lot of their their stuff for free yeah their i saw rules. that i mean what what i like about paizo and it's again it's just more company aspect of it i mm-hmm. do like the fact that they have built-in rules that i can choose to use or not but paizo has mm-hmm. said repeatedly if you don't want these rules don't play them don't use them i don't care right. you know do what optional yeah, I, it's optional. I'm very interested to see what Critical Role is going to do. I do believe their narrative system is going to be, again, kind of up my alley as well. I, however, I did hear someone the other day on social media basically say that um, Critical Role is just a mouthpiece for Watsi. and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> let me." <laughs> let me okay. I no. I went. I was like, "Oh." Without even without even diving deep into the comments, I looked at it and was like, "I'm just gonna scroll past this." Which again, (laughs) the individual basically said that because they didn't release anything, and because of how everything has been played out, they feel that they essentially have a deal with Watsi where they're just gonna be kind of neutral and everything. Which again, respect their opinion. Um, Yeah, it's called an NDA. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of where I'm like... Oh, no well, I'm duh, thinking, asshole. Well, and, <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes,
2: Very much so. You know, it's um, like... I, I just, again, this is where, like... Don't get me wrong. I was upset at the OGL fiasco. But then... And it was more being upset of the fact that, wow. Like, I can't believe y'all would do this. Meanwhile, mm. I'm still writing my stuff. I still keep mm. going because I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, learn the language, but I really don't care because all the things I produce are just system agnostic. If you want to drop it in Pathfinder, do it. Numenera, do it. Morkboard, do it. I don't care. Do whatever right. you want. You know, and, that, and that's interesting because, like I
0: said, you know, I, I, when that whole fiasco was going on, I mean it seems to have died down a little bit, but Um, I I thought that exact thing, Jason, when you and I were talking about it, I'm like, oh, well, Jason's perfectly set up for this. He doesn't give a shit. I got to, you know, am I going to continue to do D&D based content or do I need to completely do a 180 and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I've actually thought for me personally, I may kind of do both where I do content where, you know, certain aspects do have um, statistics or characteristics or whatnot. But it, it's almost like here's the heavy version of this, for instance, NPC and here's the light version. The heavy version is d and has all the statistics. Yeah. And here's the light version, which Jason, to your point, is like, here's the background of this pe- of this NPC and, and whatnot. Well, sure. I, have
3: a, I have a question for bearded um, and, I, and I'm hoping uh, Cher can give some insight on this because she is a newer player. She's in one of my campaigns. Um, I'm her first campaign she's officially been in we've been going for almost two years um, and it does fly it's incredible (laughs) and the people that you meet the one thing i lose aspect of um as a generational player generational player from the standpoint of enjoying the game Mm -hmm. i don't know what it's like to be a newbie anymore you know and i wonder sometimes when i'm in my own headspace you know there was a really good piece done on DM Lair, I think, the other day where he talked about the reason why Watsi is probably auto-generating the DM principle is the ratio of player to DM is so out of whack sure. to the world of the game. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unconscious is not dying. I'm tired of this argument. Um,
1: <laughs> Only teetering on death. It probably did. No, no. <laughs>
3: um it's i i have lost the ability and i want and that's why i enjoy my newer players so much is i have truly lost the ability to get into the headspace of being a neo like a neophyte newbie mm-hmm. trying to understand how to be a dm trying to understand like what does it take to be a dm regardless of the system that you're playing and i think i take that for granted sometimes and i forget that mm-hmm. what comes to me very naturally is still skills that others are trying to learn and when they see this kind of infighting family fiasco it doesn't help it doesn't mm-hmm. that to me was the greater damage and and i would say shame on the community yeah. for allowing it to age for 20 years and yeah. then shame on you know the corporate greed mentality that was going on everybody's so, complicit to a certain degree
2: yeah and i and, and let me actually interject really quick because you brought something up it was corporate greed yeah every i all the comments because I'm, I'm a big observer you know i i do talk often and a lot but it's because also i observe it in the equal amount and I noticed a lot of people were saying, oh, capitalism, capitalism, capitalism. It's not capitalism. <laughs> and, and that's and exactly, that's what, you know, whether it's triggering or whatever the term you want to say, first and foremost, capitalism is what brought d and and Pathfinder and Numenera and all these TTRPGs. This is why critical roles around is because capitalism is, has allowed it to fester in the free market, but in reality, What this is is yes it's corporate greed it's out of touch executives who instead of saying hey let's increase our profits by one percent to five percent each year Mm. that's fine and guess what we're gonna be faithful to our to our customer base we're gonna give them badass miniatures like the tarasque that's awesome but not at the freaking price point that it's at you know (laughs) like
4: oh, man i, I just saw i don't want
0: to interrupt your train of thought but i just saw the get the yankee and the efreet still that, no, no we're not and i was like oh i gotta buy these and then i looked at the price and i'm like fuck you
1: well, <laughs> and then, and then
2: the thing, i remember and i know you know there's a there's a cold there's a supply chain issue in the economy okay whatever but the thing is is that even with the economy the way it is. Why am I going to spend seventy dollars on the new Critical Role miniatures? There doesn't it doesn't make sense. Now again, (laughs) put that um, comment up. Put that
0: comment up.
2: Like uh, the the thing is, is that for me, yeah. This is make make
0: more money or get the
2: fuck out. Well, and that's the thing too. Like there is pressure. I understand, but the biggest thing is this is a you have self inflicted this because yeah. I'm sorry Hasbro needs Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast really doesn't need Hasbro anymore. Mm-hmm. They have they have self-sustained enough where they can turn their profit and and they're fine. You know, what they did with the Magic community is horrible. That yeah. that 30 $1000 for four packs of cards, oh, even proxies. They are just reprints, they're fake cards. 60 of them,
3: and you're not even allowed to use them in tourney, you can't use them in anything. They're just a an so anniversary just set, out.
2: just an anniversary set. It is an anniversary set. And the thing is, is that the the re- this is what's happening it's They're a thousand people. bucks for yeah No, no, no no, yeah. no, 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 it's a thousand bucks for four packs, for four packs,
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blind packs,
2: blind packs, yes, yeah, oh, it's my crazy. God. And, and this is the thing what's going to happen yeah exactly we've talked about
0: (laughs) that's really good
2: we talked about
0: this fucking DD is fucking pandora and they're gonna dig the shit out of it but this is what's going to
2: happen and and this is what we talked about um we spoke about last time when they were buying up certain things and actually we i think it was the last episode i was on when they bought up DD beyond yes Mm -hmm. I said specifically they're doing exactly what they did before 4th edition. They're buying up all these things and they're going to release 4th edition. And guess what? This one D&D thing is not it's it's it, it's not backwards compatible. This it's 6th edition, right? Yeah. They're coming out with 6th edition, but they don't want to say it because it's going to be a bad brand recognition. Mm. Me personally and I don't want to I'm going I'm going to end the tangent on this note. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love rants on this show. Okay. So oh, oh. this is and on
4: I'm, on par with the show. I'm going to keep. I don't
2: want to be Girl. the only angry Brian. I love the chaos. No, now you have two angry Brian. Um, <laughs> this is what I would have done if I was like in the position like of, of the Watsy kind of Hasbro of that executive leader. I would have invited all my my whales, you know, my sharks, and then like my piranhas, right? I would have invited them paid uh, you know let's say critical role mcdm productions those folks, cobalt press yeah flown them out paid for their stay paid for their dinner wine and dine jason you know where i'm heading to
3: yeah yeah
2: let's create a i'm gonna say hey you're gonna sign this nda we're gonna work together as partners we're gonna want wh- i'm gonna wine and dine you and i'm gonna say this is what's coming out but I want your partnership on this, and I would do the same thing for my sharks, right? Your your web your uh, web DMs, your you know those folks who are making this you know huge, your dungeon dudes, yeah. And actually, I would then even include in the sharks and in the piranhas all your YouTubers, so your mm-hmm. NEDs. Again, Matt Colville already stated, your Dungeon Dudes. You're right. you know, what, all those people <laughs> who are essentially influencers. Well, and, and
0: AI ranting about AI rants.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. well, and I think d d Shorts by far did the best job he did. Of, I mean, of, and, and, that's yeah. Like yeah.
2: That. and that's where I would have, again, looked yeah. at my influencer marketing. I would have looked at, you know, even guys like Kevin from Dice Cream Sandwich. He's a great guy. Like he, and he's a, he's a good person, but I would have contacted them. I would have contacted Dean D shorts and said, Hey, again, your whales are going to, you're going you're gonna to do a three, four day, whatever, and have mm-hmm. those long-term conversations right. in Cobalt press. This is our sixth edition spell list here's a preview of it so that you can start making stuff and then have a partnership so that everyone when the when the hammer drops of you know when, when the hammer drops what you do is you have everyone looking at the dust aka the consumer and then you say oh cobalt presses for it mcdm well i guess okay, if they're for it, sure why not let's go for it that's how you do it. You don't boil. You don't. You know. You don't boil a frog by putting them in boiling water. You put them in cold water and, and you let the heat rise. That's what I would have done. But again, no one asked. They. I didn't get a call from Wizards for co- consultation. So whatever, man. How did I told they? them well, I was busy? Well,
3: and I and I and oh. said, I said I've said this before, and I've always felt it's very important for the distinction of the world. The Watsi situation is not unique from a corporate perspective.
2: No. It's not.
3: If you look at the corporate landscape, they don't practice capitalism, they practice greed. Yes. And if you look at the hiring practices that Watsi went through by hiring a former Amazon Microsoft person, you know, to yeah. come and run Watsi, you knew that she was going to be arriving with a formula. Yeah. That formula is a formula of corporate greed that she, she would understand and put into practice, and put into principle. I think what the Watsy thing teaches us is that if you do have a brand-based community, watch out. It can still happen. You can still be brought down to a level of recognition, where now they've actually given away the name Beholder, Mind Flayer. the SRD has been bloated by 200 pages, um, they've they basically gave it all away because they, they poorly planned it's now all out there with the exception of a couple things based on their digital inspiration but well the impetus is
0: the corporate greed okay this is under monetized as they were told yeah. you know, the, their their real problem is that they are i think they are they are more out of t- out of touch or out of touch their community and what their product is and what drives the product than I think anybody else in, in history, if I yeah, can. Yeah,
3: it goes back to the, the tone whole, deaf, the whole yeah. tone deaf thing.
2: Completely,
3: yeah.
0: just yeah. utterly and completely.
2: Well, and the thing is, is that when I remember when I saw that they were hiring that CEO, um, she came from a Microsoft, from an Xbox background. And Amazon. Yeah, so, I, so when I saw that, I was like, huh, she spearheaded a lot of the projects, which again, that's awesome. That's a great skill set, but that's not a skill set that we needed for D&D. We needed someone, oh. you know, for example, I think one of the reasons Critical Role is such a successful business. It's not because of Matt Mercer. It's because of Marisha and Travis as the, the business heads of the organization. Matt Mercer is the brain. But they, you know, Marisha and and Travis are like the heart and the lungs. Very vital um, yeah. to the company from from a leadership perspective, because not only do they know the um, the community, they also know how to run a business. So that's kind of where I feel like what, you know, Hasbro, they don't know. They're still stuck trying to sell Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who the hell wants to play Monopoly nowadays?
3: And, yeah. and I think the last time they were involved with the community was 20 years ago when they wrote the initial OGL and then just yeah. walked away. Yeah. You know, that should have been this persistent, recurring, persistent, recurring, persistent, recurring conversation year after year after year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And I think WOTC would have remained independent. I think they would have been more community driven. I think they would have been. Uh, more realized about the community. Because what Critical Role did is they did the Kickstarter. They broke yeah. the record. And they, they, you know, they built the idea of community foundation and proved that if your community is willing to do it, they're going to do it for you. They're going to do it for go you. Back, go back
0: to Shunjin's last um, note. One above that. So look at that. Freefall since late 2019, in my opinion, one of the best things that ever happened to this game was COVID. Mm -hmm. Because I would not know any of you people if we were not all forced into remote play. So that is also extremely telling that they completely missed the boat on the past four years Mm -hmm. of what's been going on in the community as opposed to you know what's been going on in in their um, yeah in their own house.
3: Yeah. I would agree. I think uh, Bearded's bearded camera is in rebellion. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is right. As long as you're here in spirit. I don't know. I don't know what
0: to
2: do. I'm stuck.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, to me that is that is telling because in the past forty years, I think that is the most revolutionary thing that has happened to this game.
1: Is mm.
0: all of the sudden it has completely changed for the better and and become and evolved, become this new thing. And they, as far as they are concerned, nothing.
3: Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, it's interesting. I find um Yeah,
0: Gary's right. I mean, we you know, we got back together after thirty years of, of not playing because because of remote play.
3: Yeah. Well and Torch is like, yeah, COVID is what got her playing again. Exactly. Know, and, It definitely, remote play definitely introduced a lot of starving players to a lot of remote GMs. And I think Mm. that is its main niche that it really introduced to everyone. How you build and do your remote toolbox, which um, I know that's one of your um, points on here, Um, Bear. how How do you decide on your tools that you're using for your remote play?
2: That's a good question. Um, basically, I'm pretty simple. Like, I know that there's Roll20 and all that shit, and they're great. It's awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a smart man,
0: but I know what <laughs> D&D is. Uh, it, it's more like,
2: it's, you know what? I'm not going to knock people who use it. If they want to use it, great. Hey, I'm jealous of people
3: that know how to use it as comfortably as they do. It's very uh, awkward for me. So I would say roll twenty.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, honestly, we use it and it's it's a love-hate
2: relationship. I'll just leave it at that. I would honestly <laughs> love to sit down with the folks from Roll 20 and just have a tutorial or like just have a tutorial video. Um, but really what I do from an online perspective, I make maps through incarnate <laughs> and then um
0: so, hold on, if I may interrupt. Jeff, just for you, I'm going – so apparently I'm now known for my rants. So if any of you are familiar with CNBC, I'm going to start a Jim Cramer-style D&D rant on this show where I take, like, my son's foam Mjolnir and start smashing minis and shit.
1: Yes. <clears throat>
2: oh, bye, bye, bye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, um, like, I, I – for me, I honestly use Zoom. I share my screen with the map, and <laughs> I'm good to go. You are great, <laughs> I like it.
0: I like. it. Get off of there, Jason. Hi, gotcha. <laughs> Brian. Keep, keep go. Keep continue. No, no, no. You're
1: <laughs> you're
2: good. It's more of, <laughs> I literally. I, help it. <laughs> I, I just I literally use Zoom, and I and that's it. Yeah.
3: So, do you feel like you're more theater of the mind for the most part
2: if i'm playing in well yeah um, if i'm playing in person the only reason i bring up minis is for combat or like a situational awareness thing yeah Mm -hmm. um i mean there are times where i don't even have them roll dice we just narrate we just talk we just we store we we tell a story um the only time i have care you know players roll dice is is when um, a decision needs to be made that cannot be made um, in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in my world, there are players who are merchants. And if you want a specific item from this merchant, you set up a private channel or a private message on Discord and you add me as just to, so I can see. Yeah. And you role play it. That's pretty oh, cool. You want That's this to cool. be done here you go do it okay. there's no need for um
1: mm.
2: there's just no need to, to 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 make it complicated and then obviously like I can now we are gonna I'm probably gonna start using discord more because I do want the community to be involved um again even my world building my playing everything I want the community to be involved Yeah. Uh, and if it's in person obviously it's a little bit different but any virtual games probably going to just be on discord for the community to, to hang out, share, just tell a story. It, if I ever decide to stream a game that might just be more of a hobby mm. uh, and more just for the fun, because I don't, my life's already busy with one baby. And, um, actually this will be the first time I'll say it live, but second baby's on the way. <laughs>
3: congratulations thank you thank you oh my gosh i mean if you're that eager i could sell you one of my five (laughs) that's fantastic news bro
2: yeah man thank you no we were
0: congratulations thank you i appreciate it
2: september 12th is the due date
0: so oh my gosh we are. Yeah, Jeff's um, got sick, so he's uh, between. Yeah, between you and Jason, him and Jason. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, it's 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 funny because my our you know our daughter is walking already and all this stuff, and uh, she's been walking to like all my Pathfinder and D and D books. And I'm like, yes,
4: child. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. It Do what
3: I know. My son comes walking out of my studio with a lead classic mini in his mouth. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so proud of you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Nothing wrong with that.
3: Big old grenadier stamp on the bottom of the base.
1: It kind of
0: tastes like the paint on
3: the walls. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All of a sudden, the next day, your your child is like hulked out. What's wrong?
1: <laughs> what happened?
2: Oh, well, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. No, it's it's been it's it, it's it's great. And and the thing is, it's like, you know, we're talking about world building and kind of like some of the things, like and regarding styles and and also like from an, and we're we're mentioning a little bit of the online stuff, but really like influence. I know that that kind of stuck out to me and my daughters influenced me because now i you know you know jason how you're talking about like becoming a new player and having Mm. that experience yeah it's like being a parent i'm experiencing what she's going what i went through but as a kid but what she's going through now i'm experiencing again so that's kind of how i feel when i bring new players hence the reason i want the open you know text-based chat because Y'all, pro- you know, I don't know about you, but I remember going on, you know, these forums and doing that and experiencing that.
3: Oh, yeah. I remember getting on my TRS-80 and going out to those uh, Rebel forums and, you know, talk about all the first edition stuff. And you get these, like, annotated, collapsing conversations yeah. going. And it's it was like a bad game of telephone. You know, it was like, <laughs> yeah. by the time you got to that, like, 85th post. People are like, "What were we talking about again?" Yep, yep.
2: <laughs> but you know what? Like, there, there's a nostalgia to that. There, for me, like, there will always be a nostalgia and and a, and a beautiful feeling of cracking open a book, a physical book. Even though I do like the digital, I mm. do, you know, talk whatever you want to talk about. Like, d D Beyond as a piece of technology is very helpful. Yeah. Um, but there's something classic about. Opening up that book, yeah. having your dice out, doing all that. I mean, I still for the most part, actually, I have one of my journals here. I have to move my daughter's play phone off my journal.
0: <laughs> what what is um, her play
2: phone? iPhone 12. No, 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 no. Uh, we, we have gone at, you know, oh, um, okay. I'm making sure. No. Um these are one of my journals, one of my world building journals. Yeah. Filled with yep. stuff. Papers. Yeah because I like a, I like, I don't have it on me, but I like, you know, my pilot 0.5 or 0.7, you know, fine point pen mm-hmm. that I like to write with. And I drink a tall glass of cold brew and just start oh, yeah. writing. But I need, Jason, like you, we were talking about, I, I need something to go off of. So, chat, you know, chat GPT, a book, whatever, that source of inspiration.
3: So okay. I want to bring this out in honor of your earlier reference. I've been gifted a very marvelous opportunity to curate somebody's 35-year, uh, 40, almost 40-year 40 collection. And I've been gradually curating it, getting it organized. And this was um, sitting Dang. there. Uh, oh, yeah. Know. And here's the thing. This is going to blow your mind, Brian. I have that. The The map's... This has been used one time. Oh my God! One time. And to your point about breaking <laughs> open a book, we are now at our show in... and
4: tell section. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> but but that really kind of like reminded me that when I'm sitting here and I'm stuck on the digital and I'm stuck with my previous notes, um, and I, um, I, I'll pull this out. I'll you know I'll pull this out and I'll start reading. And say to myself, there is so much in these books that we don't talk about anymore. Yep. That this is the bigger boat that Watsy has missed. This is the bigger boat. They have 50 generational years of content that could easily be done a better service than what they did with Spelljammer.
1: Yes. <laughs> I, so, I
0: took this out last time But uh, you didn't see it Brian But uh, my, I, I got this for my birthday From a dear dear friend of mine This is the first edition DMs Guide And the funny definitely. thing is I never
2: had the DMs Guide as a kid We were too poor growing up To afford it When like, No that wasn't a thing But I'll tell you this though I'm hugging my wife I'm bringing out the hammer
3: There you go Okay, okay. yeah There's
2: the hammer. I bring this book because this is the opportunity that they're missing. Yeah. Like, why don't we have a book that can quite literally, you know, yeah, they have, like, the witch and the wizard and curses of a witch. Like, okay, let's be honest. That artwork is pretty legit. Ah, that's so cool. but, But it's, again we're missing out on opportunity. I think they're missing out on opportunities, but D and D homebrewers, right? Third party content creators are the ones who love the game, love the nostalgia. And we're going to share it. Hence the reason the OGL was so painful because it was like, you were taking our ability to create and share. It's like basically, you know, it's like telling Beethoven, yeah, you can write music and compose, but Oh, guess what? You're not going to compose on this instrument.
3: Right, right. It's very true.
0: So, very true. Well, again, it, it comes, it just full circle back to being completely out of touch and tone deaf. They are. You know? And, and I mean, they, they, could, they could have, we, we've talked about this ad nauseum, and I'm not going to go on another rant. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, to red their own. To their own. <laughs> <laughs> red cam, I like it. You, you, you coined it.
2: Um, in the no, words of to,
0: to their own detriment, yeah. you know they have missed the boat. They could have gone about this properly and made bank and made everybody happy. And yeah, that may be naive, but I fully believe that they could have done that. With
3: and I will own. say my my final say on this: anything that jeopardizes the opportunity for players <laughs> is a huge miss. It is, I it, am I yeah. am nothing. Without my players, I'm nothing. And, without my
2: players, and that and that will be, that is my biggest world building, core influence. My players, yeah. It doesn't. If they want to play D&D, fine. If they want to play Pathfinder, cool. Whatever. But my point is this: when I build a world, so right now, like I I had the Goliaths fleshed out, but I have a new player. She's playing a Goliath, and mm-hmm. before this one D and D stuff was coming out. I already had, okay, you know, fire, you know, fire Goliaths, all all that, you know, the sub stuff, but more importantly, like, this is how I world build and I have my computer here to kind of showcase with the Goliaths. She wants to be a Goliath. So I'm going to kind of dive deeper. And I always give my players this, you can have the option that is already written, right? So you can find your basics, your overview, their entertainment, how how do they feel entertained, law and military, their food, drink, clothing, festivals, literature, culture, customs, religion, right? All that. Or guess what? Here's the template, you fill it out. Because the player is also a world builder. Mm-hmm. You are building the world from the perspective of your character. I, I may provide the macro, you're providing the micro, and then we meet together and and that's where the story comes into play like i have one i have my in-person group they just um in ca- in game they have been really together for about a year to two years and technically now this is the third year in game we've been together as a gaming group for two years so I bring that up because a lot of them they have grown and matured as as characters to the point where now they have created things in my world that i never took for account Mm. and and took into that and they're managing things um and i give them that opportunity because they're as much world builders as i am i just you know i build the foundation they build upon it some players now mind you we're, we're we've all probably been here and and you know, I know Sharon, you were talking about earlier where like the campaign that you're in with Jason was really one of the big first ones. Where from a long term perspective, when you don't when you come into something fresh and new, and and please Sharon, tell me if I'm just talking shit. <laughs> you come in with new ideas.
4: Oh, I like yeah. this,
2: but I think this would be even cooler. And you implement.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think it's so exciting to play D&D or just any... Well, I'm not sure if there's more creativity involved like for Unearthed Arcana for like different uh, TTRPGs, like to create your own uh, magic items.
2: It depends. Uh, it depends yeah. on the system. But some companies like, for example, Morkborg, M- uh, Morkborg, excuse me, they don't care. They're like, here you go, do whatever. Paizo, I mean, yeah. So
3: I've Sharon heard of that. Sharon is <laughs> Barry's given herself a very disservice here. Um, her investment in Mira has been iconic. She has done things with that character that I wouldn't have guessed would have happened, and the way she built custom little gifts for the, the other players in the game that were given stats and magical awareness to, to, to be a part of the game. Um, she had no background in any of that at the very beginning. She was very much new. And if you are fortunate to watch where she started and where she's at now, once again, to your point about their contribution as builders, I'm beyond inspired by that. The level of creativity um, that both uh, Barry and Fragette, two very brand new players, like Mm -hmm. Fragette was even more nervous about playing than Barry was. And to see what those two have created over the course of two years, if they survive, I will ask if they'll let me use them as NPCs, you know, Um, I, you know, I'll be honest, all five of them are worth being NPCs um there and torch you got a backstory culmination coming up so you uh
2: <laughs> well Jason it's, it's, it's really interesting that you bring that up because if you've ever heard of the group uh online they the, the game d d we've spoken yeah. about them before yeah mm-hmm. they've yeah. been playing for 40 years I think they're playing second edition or something like that
3: I think you're playing second I think you're right yeah
2: and like when a character dies in that world they're done yeah but he also has epic levels and like he has people go level 23 24 25 you know yeah really yeah he has homebrewed an entire system to go beyond that and this is my thing why not why can't you like i have care the care the players right now um Each player in my in-person group has dedicated what I think, like, I'll be honest with you, Victoria, and I'm using their character names, Victoria, she's more narrative. She's a new player, or or the player's newer, and never played D&D before. So, like, when it comes to roles and things like that, like, it's like, okay, okay, I use this, I use that. But her mind from an imaginative, or imagination perspective is beyond great tomorrow we have our in-person session is going to be legit um, mm. because uh a that's exciting well funny enough there's a mysterious cloaked figure that has entered into her grove as a druid um so i don't know if any of my players are actually on the stream watching so i don't want to say anything i'll say it offline but, <laughs> but then there's players um one of the characters laia she is very, she's a dungeon master as well and she is so invested in this character to the point where she manages and runs the keep that they were awarded because they helped save the the capital so because of that within that year span like she's been able to she runs the keep manages the keep she does all these things from like you know a management perspective it takes the load off my back as a dungeon master but as a world builder, hey, DM, can I add this? Can I have this type of smith work that's with this artificer and then work with this wizard to enchant a magic weapon that can do this?
4: Go that's awesome. Yeah. And and that gets them so involved in the campaign, too. It makes it more tangible for the players. That's what's really exciting. That's what I love about TTRPGs is that, like, you get to... Being involved in the story and actually feel a part of it. That's the, so cool.
2: And you know, the reason I did that is because my OG players seven years ago, when we first started playing in this new campaign, this new group, I had the golden era and then I had the OG. The the golden era was when we were kids and we were creating the world and it was awesome. But the OGs were the ones that we would meet every week. We would have a food adventure and a and then our D&D adventure. <laughs> That's um, fun. Oh, it was great because we'd go to like... We're actually on Google because we would go to this taco truck ev- so much that we were on the reviews for, <laughs> for it. <laughs> and like, I mean, at the time, you could buy... It was like legitimately... Actually, it was probably illegitimate because it was cash only. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> but we would you know i i had to compete against world of warcraft because they play video games so i had to make sure that i had player buy-in immediately so and that's another thing when you're world building player buy-in is your world it doesn't have to be in-depth is it interest do you tell your world or do you portray your world to be interesting enough to have a player Mm buy-in if not and if you're not invested in your world, if you if you aren't passionate about your world, where you're like, if you're not living it, if you're not dreaming it, if you're not... I, now, people may say this, and I'm gonna be very controversial. There's the level of passion, oh, I love... And everyone's gonna say, follow your passion, do it. And then there's obsessive. Mm-hmm. Like, you can ask my wife, I'm always writing something down, oh, I like this. When I view a movie, I look at it from a storytelling perspective. I get to see the narrative and I say, I know where it's going to go. I know where it's going to end up because I can tell the narrative plot points. And then my wife's like, "You just ruined the freaking movie for <laughs> me."
4: Well, and there goes the hobbit.
2: <laughs> well, it's like I've had to close I've had to shut my mouth and be like, mm, I know this is going to happen." So, that's becoming obsessive over. But again, it's a craft. Mm. when you you consider this a craft whether you're a professional or a casual dm become obsessed and if you're gonna become obsessed just know this shit does not stop until you say it stops
1: Mm.
2: that's my biggest thing as a world builder like you if you don't like the the normal trajectory of world building is becoming obsessed with your world Mm. and if you're not obsessed with your world Good luck.
3: Our, well, and on, on that note, the two... I've had to find ways to challenge myself. Yeah. Um, it's been an interesting journey with with how things have shifted for me over the course of the last five and ten years. Mm-hmm. One thing was we built a table for Monday nights that we don't have levels and we don't have classes. I like that. So we play pure narrative, open world. If you want to learn it, use the world to learn it. So. Yeah. You have a tabaxi who's good with a bow, casts some spells, and you have this really well-rounded blend of creativity that's purely from the narrative of the players. Yep. Um, and now I'm exploring my world of Kalisha, which is humans are, are virtually non-existent. Yeah. So it's all orcs and goblins and kobolds and bugbears and... Mm. It's the world of the humanoids, and how, they, from their point of view, you know humans are dangerous, evil, and they tend to destroy everything
2: they touch. So, and, then, letting- and if someone wants to play a human, what is that implication exactly. as a human? Yeah. It's kind of like, and, and I, and I'm going to go there. Dark Sun.
3: Ooh, I had a Dark <laughs> Sun campaign that that went for a little
2: while. I love that game. I love it. But and, you know, the, some people who are new to D anD D may say, "What the? F- what's Dark Sun? <laughs> dark Sun was pretty dark. Dark. It was. Sun it was dark. was
3: dark. What is? What is it? Well, it well, that's is- going to be on our next episode. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> it's now, a, you yeah. know,
0: it's interesting. It's it's really interesting that you brought, that both you bring that up and Jason, that you brought that up because I've actually started in my mind thinking, uh, you know, in, in this whole realm of, you know, moving away from the D&D core rules and being more agnostic. One game keeps popping back into my head, which is Middle Earth role-playing, okay? Yes. And they used a D100 system, I hope Jason pulls it out. Uh, They use a D100 system. And that was a game where, like Gandalf, you could be a magician. Yes, you could be a magician and you could still use a sword, right? Right. You may not be as good at it with the sword as somebody who devotes
3: themselves to it. Is he a powerful wizard or is he more like you? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs>
0: but I've started to think, and I love. I'm, you know, this is where you and I differ, Jason, because I I love the narrative aspect, but I also like rules that make the game more interesting. Not not necessarily rules that constrict and constrain, mm. but rules that can add uh, a certain amount of randomness and mm. and and interest. And I've and I've been thinking lately of. I've actually been thinking about creating a rule system since I'm so good at following through on all the things on my to do list. Right. <laughs> I figured I'd just add another small one to it. But I've been thinking that it would be really cool to uh to <laughs> to recreate a D one hundred system that does not have classes, does not have levels, but is totally and entirely background and skill based. That you can, and, and the reason I would choose the D100 system is because it gives you a much greater numerical range. Sure, yeah. Okay, which, which to me opens up the interesting opportunity for the DM to award skill points or, or further somebody's skill uh, expertise through role playing and through narrative okay so you still have a base of you know what is my skill and this is what I roll but because you now instead of you go from 20 to 100 there's more places to put skills into so if i want to cast spells and use a sword and wear armor and pick locks i'm not going to be great at any of them but i can do it and if it if it enhances my narrative it's like a it's almost like a tree for the narrative so wherein yeah. wherein there are quote-unquote more rules where my head is going is actually utilizing those as just a base to actually facilitate more narrative type play
2: for sure i and i mean it's like gurps and all the and some of these other role rpgs yeah. that are out there right now because. Yes, everything. that's the name of a real game chair.
4: I know. It just it sounds funny every time.
3: <laughs> it just sounds like like,
2: like, like Excuse me. <laughs> the doctor comes or the doctor comes in. Yeah, burps. I, I have you
3: know, the you got,
2: a, you got a cream for that? I,
3: I I've got the complete set of rifts around rift. here somewhere oh my every month. Um, we
1: gotta
3: have a show rifts. where we just dig out all our old um, I, Although... You know, um on the narrative style, um Callista picked this up for me. Um it is the um the Doctor Who RPG. Um so I've been starting to read that. And I, I once again I keep getting drawn back into the narrative style. I really, yeah. really yeah. love the narrative style. I like it right. Flow. I do I do really just like the crit and fumble
2: tables from Merc that was that was the main thing but well and that's the big thing like i think that there, it i, I i'll say that i've said this many a time the story you know the way you want to tell your story you just have to find mechanics around it mm-hmm. right the way you tell your story is going to be dependent upon you and your in your group the mechanics are just it's the caveat the conduit rather uh, or yeah, it's more the conduit of how you tell your story. You can, like for me, my homebrew world could go wherever. We just choose fifth edition to tell that story. We can choose Pathfinder, and we can, or we can just say, you know what, we're just going a very narrative style, and we're not going to even roll dice, or we can, you know what, flip a coin. Heads, it happens. Tails, it doesn't.
0: What? I go go into convulsions when I hear no dice.
4: (laughs) That's so interesting.
2: You know, a great way to start kids out with TTRPGs to just get the basic concepts, flip a coin. Heads, you you know, they succeed. Tails, they don't succeed. What do you do? Mm -hmm. How do you go from there? So on and so forth. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. And then it's... You know, you hit the goblin, flip a coin, succeed. You know, ah, poor goblin. I know.
0: <laughs> See, now the way I would handle it is, I'd get the kids together. I'd hire a goblin to come in, and the kids yeah. would literally have to
2: beat
3: the
0: shit out of the goblin. So
3: bad.
0: A human being
3: which would actually be a, a possibly another child dressed up like a goblin.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so what? what I'm I'm I'll show you D and D. So for my for my daughter, <laughs> when she turns five, so four years from now, I'm planning to basically have a, a LARP.
1: Mm, and then oh, what's gonna awesome.
2: happen She's just going to beat the shit out of these kids that I will eventually probably be like, hey, listen, like, hey, um, this is your uncle. I gave him 50 bucks.
3: <laughs> Go
2: ahead and beat the shit like he's can like or- fly
0: to Florida. They could beat the crap out of me. I'd love that.
2: Listen, I'm just, i just saying. I, I'm gonna call my brother and say, "Listen, I need you to dress up like Gandalf and just basically be like, I'm looking for someone to go on an adventure with." Oh my! And that's God. it. And then you're good to go. I don't
0: think I can. I don't think I can be your
2: Gandalf. I'm not tall enough. I can be your family. Yeah, no, James is getting jacked into this. I'm, you'll be someone. I don't know who, but you're gonna be someone.
3: So somehow we did it. We burnt an hour and a half.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow.
3: Yeah. I think Sharon should wrap us
0: tonight. We'll dispense with rollies. Okay. No rollies. rollies. Um, Sharon gets Well, she roll. has been
3: rolling pretty dice Oh, I was going to say
0: we should dispense with rollies and let Sharon wrap.
3: Yeah. Up. We're going to let you wrap us up tonight, Sharon. Yeah. Right. Um, but Brian,
0: thank you so much uh, for joining. That us, means you get to always. roll too,
4: Brian.
3: Awesome! <laughs> I don't know what I'm <laughs> doing. With Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No, she's making us roll. I
4: knew it. Giving you the roll, but Chat, you can You're roll too. Okay. all together.
2: All right, we're rolling a D20. Yes. Oh, I'm out tonight. I got a five. Damn. Eleven.
3: Uh, I got a, a twelve. Nine. I got a nine. Oh, so it is Sharon. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's kind of creepy, to be honest with you.
4: <laughs> Jeff got look out. All right, Jeff, go.
3: <laughs> <clears throat> All
4: right, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Lawfully Chaotic Special Edition with our friend here, Brian, the Bearded Nerd. Thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, you can find us here over on the Twitch and YouTube channels under Lawfully Chaotic and also on the TTRPG Academy channels as well. Um, well, Brian, where can we find you? Just
2: you can, Brian. F- <laughs> that, that <Brian. laughs> uh, You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, all the social media. You can find me on YouTube as the Bearded Nerd TV. Um, you, I, well, we will be working more on uh, some YouTube videos that are coming out soon. I will say though, probably the best way, just check out our Instagram and hit the and click the link Um, in that bio I know it sounds cheesy but we literally have everything there come join discord come hang out with us come be part of the battle royale
3: (laughs) just saying
2: let your dark side come out
3: and don't forget about our TPK bear TPK bear
4: and (laughs) Brian one Brian's enough
3: (laughs) he's he's the only Brian that matters tonight (laughs) wow Rant cam in <laughs> uh, This
0: is the battle like royale.
4: At, <laughs> uh, Instagram is the
0: best place to find me. Play RPG. I'm sorry. RPG and co. Uh, shots fired. <laughs> Don't shoot. I'm coming over. Um, uh, you can also link tree. Also play RPG and co uh, and play RPG and co.com. Um, uh, Brian, we do have a lot to talk about. Um, yes, we do. Uh, offline, so let's sync up uh early next oh. week and uh put some
2: evil plans into motion, Brian. I told you, you can have a free month of only beards, it's fine. <laughs> oh, not that, not conversation. Oh, 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 got it,
3: got
4: it. All right, and GC, where can we find you? Uh,
3: you can find me over at uh the Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram spaces. Uh, But uh, all of our stuff is over at the TTRPG Academy on Twitch. Um, And you can find our new updated schedule will be there. Um, We have games Monday coming on Tuesday. We have games Saturday and games on Sunday that we share with our Twitch audience. Um, And they are as they are. They're not played in any other way than I hope that people are inspired to play.
0: Also, I just want to say really quick, Sharon. If it, just in case, don't want it to be glossed over. Thank you, chat, once again yes, for joining us. Uh, you guys are awesome. I think I feel like we have a little, a little uh, core group of regulars now every week, and it really, really means a lot to us. Seriously. So thank
3: you. And pretty soon we get to welcome our new dungeon master, Brian, when he kicks off the new campaign every third Thursday. Of the month. Oh me? Yes. yes, yeah, that Brian. Yes, you Brian. <laughs> yeah, you Brian.
4: I'm like
3: what? <laughs> Get us out of here, Bear.
4: All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode. You can find me over on Instagram at BarryBot, and you could also catch me over on Saturdays on the Green Lands campaign, where I play as a Druid Calistar named Mira. Catch us there at 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Don't miss out. And as always, TPK everyone. Tell a story, play a game, and be kind. Be kind. <laughs> you got to whisper the last part. <laughs>
0: Bye, everyone.
4: Use it for empathy. <laughs> <laughs>